welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy to have you with me today. Today, I am interviewing my friend, Rebecca Gage, and Rebecca is a wife and mother of four children. She is, and she was an English teacher. She earned an English teaching degree, and she taught for three years. Um, Rebecca is also a novelist. And it's important to note because this is an autism podcast that one of Rebecca's children is autistic. And today I want to talk about a day in the life of an autism mom. So welcome Rebecca and thank you for joining me. Thanks, it's nice to be here. Oh, I'm so excited. So Rebecca, we I called her to talk to her about something non-related to this and we just ended up talking for a long time. She's really easy to connect with. So I'm so happy that she said yes when I asked her if she would join me on a podcast because she just has a lot of great experiences. So Rebecca, tell me about what does your life look like on a day-to-day basis? That's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> How actually, we were kind of mentioning this before. So let's dial it back even more. What, how has your autism experience evolved over the years? Okay, so we're going to have to go way back. <laughs> um, so we got the diagnosis when my son was, um, he was two and a half and he was nonverbal and um, he wouldn't make eye contact, but he was our oldest. So we didn't know that he had special needs. So we got him diagnosed and there were lots of worries about, is he going to be verbal or not? Because if they don't talk by three, then that chance decreases. So we got the diagnosis and shoved him into so much therapy. It was, it was like I'd been inducted into the secret club <laughs> that I had no idea about because I felt as a young mom that it was like vultures just yes. invading my life. Mm -hmm. um, but it was the early start people and they were trying to help. So they did speech therapy and ABA therapy and he, we were lucky and he was verbal. Mm. And now we can't get him to sh shut up. <laughs> um, ask him a question about Star Wars and he'll go on forever. Um, but yeah, so so he was in a lot of that. And then just because we were young and poor and government cut out at you know school age, they, they sent him to preschool because that was the only way he could still get services. Um, and so then, and we've moved around, but it's kind of evolved. It's evolved through the years. Mm -hmm. um, so right now... What it looks like is um, he does go to mainstream school. He, you should know he's really high functioning. Mm -hmm. um, like if you look at him, it doesn't look like mostly that he has, he's just quirky. Mm -hmm. So um, I get him up um, and, and I sit in his room I'm like, Jackson, go brush your teeth. Okay, good. Go do this. And after he checks off every task, I'm just there because his executive functioning is really low. Mm -hmm. So I'm just there to be his checklist and to keep him moving. Mm -hmm. And um, he can do it if I'm there. Mm -hmm. um, like last week, I was overslept. And I'm like, <laughs> we have 10 minutes. So he got up and did everything in 10 minutes. And he was very propelled and very motivated. And he skipped out the door on the bus. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's really good. Yeah. However... If I'm like, Jackson, go pick up the dog poop in the yard, mm -hmm. it's a meltdown. Mm -hmm. it, it, it goes to a meltdown. And we've had stuff like, I don't want you to think that, oh, he's high functioning. Everything's great. Because we've had meltdowns where I've had to drag him into his room and we have a lock on the outside of his door because mm -hmm. he wanders at night and, and eats food and is unsafe at night. Mm -hmm. And so it's that was an introduction this year. He has not always had a lock on the door of his room. Mm -hmm. So... 
that's something where at the end of the day, we lock him in his room. And as a mom, that was really hard um, at the start. And now it's like, oh my gosh, this is great because he gets to have, he gets to be safe in mm-hmm. his room. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to worry about him wandering, eating, choking, all these things at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he has his meltdowns, which yeah. we drug him into his room by the feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes these meltdowns are. They can be extremely physical. They can be, they can harm people around them. Yeah. So the fact that you're taking him to his room, it's to remove him from potentially harming other people and harming himself. Yeah. You're taking him to a safe location. Be- and and it does affect the rest of the family. The mm-hmm. kids, the other ones, they're all younger, right? So they were getting really nervous. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's hard, I'm sure, for them to see their mom manhandling their older brother. <laughs> but then when we lock the door... There, you can feel the tension just kind of start to go down for them. And Mm -hmm. then in an hour when he's done with his meltdown, then I'm like, are you calm? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, let's talk. Mm. And then we can open up the door. Um, So that's, that's just one part of it. But um, currently he's in 30 hours of therapy, ABA therapy a week. Mm -hmm. So he goes to school from 730 to 1130. Mm. And then I drive him to therapy and drop him off at center. Or we've got ABA therapists who come in to the house for six hours. Um, and then he's also got music therapy on Fridays. So he doesn't go to school on the on Fridays at all. And, I mean, right now the podcast is being, like, during COVID. Mm-hmm. So there's some instances where it's like, well, education's just out the window this year. Let's focus on behavior because mm-hmm. we're all over the place with education. So he doesn't even go to school on Friday. He goes to music therapy and then speech and then occupational therapy. And then we do six hours of ABA therapy. Mm. And he loves it. He loves it. Yeah. He loves the structure. Yes. He loves, okay. Because I asked him, I'm like, Jackson, I think my brain would hurt going to school for four hours and then doing therapy for however long. And they, they're getting him to do things that he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Like they're non-preferred activities. <laughs> and so... I'm like, and he's like, I love it. He's like, it makes my brain feel good. Oh. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well then I'm just going to keep going and adding more therapies as we can because if it makes your brain feel good, then that's awesome. Yeah, and I also love that you're taking the time to ask him how he feels about it because, you know, some some autistic adults will say, my parent thought they were doing the best for me, but they didn't ever ask me. You know, so I love that you're taking the time to ask him and he's, and listening to what he has to say. There's, there's been some surprising, there's been some really surprising answers. Like he does Mm self-stim a lot and it comes as like this hop, skip, bounce and he kind of knocks himself against one wall Mm -hmm. and then hops to the other side of the wall and knocks himself gently Mm -hmm. against it. But he's still creating that. And I'm like, what are you thinking? What are you feeling when you do this? He's like, oh, I'm always happy. Like, you're happy when you're doing that? He's like, yeah, I was thinking about Star Wars. And then I'm like, okay, well, then now I know when he's stimming out, he's okay. It's mm-hmm. not that he's overwhelmed, but mm-hmm. that may be different for another kid. Yeah, it may be. You know, my son, who's the same age as your son, um, who's also autistic, he is a pacer. And I've talked about that before on this podcast, but... So where your son is doing hop skips, um, my son is walking around in circles and he has his music blasting in his ears. And I used to think there is no way 
he's thinking about anything right now <laughs> because he's going around and around and the music is so loud. Mostly it was the music, but he actually has told me that's the way he processes information. Interesting. And I asked him, he said, no, this is the only way. This is the best way for me. And so he'll be studying for a test and I can hear the music playing through his AirPods and around and around he goes. And I'm thinking, he's getting smarter. He's getting smarter. <laughs> Every turn. <laughs> Every turn. <laughs> so is he reading? Um, he is, he's got, well, sometimes. And sometimes he is reviewing out loud in his mind. But the music is playing in his AirPods. So it's just so, I, I that would not work for me. No, I wouldn't work for me either. I, because it would be too much. It would be overload for me. But it works really well for him. Huh, so, that's interesting. Isn't that interesting? That's cool. It's kind of unique. So, so what did you learn about all of these therapies from when you started to where you are now? Because it sounds like you were in this, you know, you said they came in and you felt like they were vultures. What, what did you mean by that? Like, what did that look like? Well, because it was, it was scary, mm -hmm. um, from diagnosis. And that's a whole nother podcast is mm -hmm. how to process the diagnosis and then how to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, I have because it changed my parenting. Mm. Oh, it does. It Absolutely. Does. Um, because you learn to break the social rules that you as a neurotypical understand. Mm -hmm. And with my son, I can, the only way to talk to him about how to sometimes be a good social citizen <laughs> is to break all those rules and mm -hmm. say that was uncalled for. That was hurtful or when you do that, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, that's not really, I mean, in today's society, you can say that, but it takes a lot of guts still mm -hmm. to say that. And cause you can expect a fight with him. It's okay. And he's done. Mm -hmm. Or he just needed that very concrete mm -hmm. sentence to hold on to. And of course I'm going to repeat this sentence a billion times until either the ABA therapists do it or he gets on the, the train. But, um, but yeah, so it felt like as a young mom, they're like, Hey, we got to have people in your house. I'm like, what? You have to have people come into my house mm -hmm. and, um, you have to, what do I have to do? And then it was really painful to mm -hmm. see it because they were waiting for him to get involved with a toy mm -hmm. and then they would take the toy away. Mm -hmm. And they would hold it up to their mouth so that he could fixate on the toy, but then also he could see their, their lips moving. Mm -hmm. And then they would say, say car. And then he would have to just make a noise. And then they're like, okay. And they would give it back to him. So as a mom, that was really hard. You, it looks very manipulating. I was, I had to leave. I had mm -hmm. to leave the room. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go do, that's how I got into writing too. <laughs> like, I, have, I need something else. Uh -huh. So... Because otherwise I was going to run in there mm -hmm. and mama bear all over them. Mm -hmm. And so, but actually the best therapists in my experience are the ones that have pushed and actually gotten uncomfortable for me. Mm. Not, and I don't want you to think that if it's, if it's, if I'm as an adult uncomfortable, then it's good. Mm -hmm. But it's that point where it's like, okay, that makes me uncomfortable as a protective parent mm -hmm. and I'm going to watch and I'm going to see. And if this isn't working out within a week or two, it's done. It's done. Mm -hmm. So, and, and there's been a lot of jumping around with therapies. So it's evolved. And as a parent, I am way more proactive for other moms who are like, well, I don't want my kid to get diagnosed. I'm like in my, the back of my brain, 
it's their choice, obviously. But in the back of my brain, I've got alarm bells going off. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why would you not get the diagnosis, get the supports, get the help and get all that stuff? Because it takes a village with these kids. Like, I'm not just talking like one village, Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, your little community. I'm like, no, it's like practically a city where everybody is rotating through and everybody's got their own specialty and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. so now I'm like, okay, it's a lot, but bring it on because he's now asking for permission versus I want that. I'm going to take it. Mm. Now he's, we're at the point now where it's just a couple steps more where he's like, mom, can I have iPad time? Mm -hmm. Which is, I'm like, well, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, you can't. Um, But now he's, it's, he's asking as opposed to carrying around the iPad, shove it in my face and then having a meltdown, like we're at the point where he's asking, or he, there was a big problem with theft mm-hmm. in with him because he wants it. So he goes for it. And why wouldn't he take it from his brother's room? Mm-hmm. Because it's right there. Mm-hmm. And his brother's obviously not using it, that kind of a stuff. Mm-hmm. So he would just go in and take it. Yeah. That was causing a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And so now we're at the point where he's still kind of entering the room mm-hmm. and asking But now he's asking his brother without taking it first because he'd go in, take the book, and then say, can I borrow this and hold it up? And that had violated so many boundaries for my other kiddo. Mm -hmm. So now it's just, it's evolving Mm -hmm. a little bit at a time. I think you bring up a good point when you talk about um, boundaries because I think that's such a big topic, right? We could do a whole podcast on boundaries. Because we want our child with additional needs to be as fulfilled as they possibly can be. We're trying to help them reach all their goals. And yet, I'm talking to you and you have four kids. And there's the mom and the dad. And everyone needs to feel safe (laughs) within this environment, right? And so you're setting boundaries. It's a very unique situation. Because like you said... You don't want to put a lock on his door. It made you feel really awful inside initially. But now you say, he is safe. My other children are safe. All of their needs are being met. All of them by creating this this environment right here. And that is part of putting up boundaries. You're saying, I need boundaries for all of my children. not And for Jackson. They all, they all have their own boundaries and we have to find a way to meet those needs and find a, a place of respect. And that is so tricky. It's well, and it, it evolves. Mm-hmm. It's evolving all the time because I've noticed a lot with my neurotypicals. There's a lot of us versus him language mm-hmm. that I like now that we're kind of, now that we're not sinking um, with just his behavior. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of at a, a more uh, stable level, mm-hmm. at least where I know that we're going to, we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. And now that that's off my, my head mm-hmm. kind of thing. Now it's really interesting to see kind of the other, the way that this organism, cause it is, it's mm-hmm. an organism living mm-hmm. on the, with someone on the spectrum and dealing with that through the years it evolves. And then even it fluctuates from day to day. Mm-hmm. So it's been really interesting seeing some of my kids where they're, being mean. There's like micro bullying in my house on yeah. certain things where they're like, well, he just takes my stuff. How is that fair? And I'm like, okay, you guys aren't even playing the same game mentally, you know, like mm-hmm. they're like, well, he just takes my stuff. I'm like, okay, well, I know you're not comfortable with it, but because of therapy right now, you have to say yes. Whenever he asks, if you can say yes, mm-hmm. say yes. 
because then eventually we'll get there. And that's such a hard concept for the other kids yes. to grasp. And so, so, true. so there's a lot of really strange behavior that they've had to do to adapt. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just, it's balancing Jackson's needs. It's balancing my other kids needs mm-hmm. and myself as yes. an adult. I mean, I'll tell, I mean, and that's every mom, <laughs> they stay up late yes. on purpose. Because yeah. it's their time, guaranteed, 100% theirs. <laughs> and so, yeah, sometimes I'm like, I'll watch a movie with my husband, and he conks out the second it's like, it's so late, I'm going to go to bed. And then I'm like, okay, bye. And I'll stay up for another hour because I still need that decompression time. And so this is the first year that I kind of had all the kids out of the house at school with COVID. It's on and off, mm-hmm. which I that's another thing to yes. deal with. But, yes. but yeah, and then even with... Even with COVID, I'm having to prioritize Jackson's therapy over a lot of other things because of the restrictions. Mm -hmm. And so if he's exposed, actually he was exposed last week to some kid. And I'm like, hey, you have to go in your room and you're going to be in your room. I'm like, I'll buy you the, you know, whatever app in app purchase you want. (laughs) And he thought quarantine was the best. (laughs) And he's like, you mean you're going to buy me something from the app that I want for every day that I'm in quarantine in my room? Like, yeah. But that was part of it was because we needed to make sure that he needed, because he needed to get a negative test as soon as possible and all these things. So, because he couldn't have therapy. Ooh, that's hard. With this unsure, like, oh, we have to have the incubation time. Mm -hmm. And with him and his therapy and the no, um, not having it and his routine being so disruptive, Mm -hmm. rupted, it was like, okay, I gotta, I have to cope. And while I don't condone watching screens all day, Mm -hmm. like, that's the only way because he was so off and he was invading my space and he was just, you mm-hmm. could tell he wasn't out of whack mm-hmm. mentally and his equilibrium. So it was like, okay, we're going to do this thing that you never get to do and it's going to be awesome. And, and that was okay for mm-hmm. him. And he had a great time <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can breathe and we're just going to keep moving. And I don't, I wouldn't do that for any of my other kids mm-hmm. had they been in quarantine and isolation. Cause yeah. they would have, they would have been a wreck, mm-hmm. but he loved it. He loved it. It just makes me think when I'm listening to you talk about this. So I have a five-year-old and she is the youngest by a long shot, her, our little trailer baby. <laughs> and all the big kids and we as the mom and dad, she has a lot of attention. But my 13-year-old doesn't really give her that much attention because he lives in his own world. And she has said on multiple occasions, he just doesn't like me. And I, so I I know, but so what I've done is I, first of all, I talked to my son about it. This is when you don't acknowledge her, this is how she feels. So it's again, stretching her and stretching him in ways to accommodate both. And then I ordered some books about autistic siblings and I've read it to my littlest and she says, oh, does my brother have autism? And I say... She said that? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, he does. Oh, so he just doesn't like to hug. And he doesn't... Yes, that's right. And so I'm trying to teach her how he functions and why he has the needs he does. And that it doesn't mean that he doesn't like her. It's just part of the way he functions. And I'm trying to teach him that when he functions in those ways, it can come off a certain way to other people, to her. And so 
acknowledge her when she comes in the room. Say good night. Say good morning. Um, give her a fist bump, you know, that, that, maybe stretch yourself a little to both of them. <laughs> so when we talk about boundaries, it also means finding a balance mm -hmm. and for us anyway, and it's not always pretty, but it's part of the process. It is. It is. And that's, that's awesome. And actually it took us a while. So it, I wasn't sure when to tell my other kids, mm -hmm. Hey, your brother is not a neurotypical, like, and you don't use that. I'm like, yeah. your brother's not the his same brain, as you. Yeah, his, brain, his brain is wired differently. Yeah. And so it's been interesting because it's actually been around age seven or eight mm -hmm. that they start noticing and my younger kids are self-aware enough to, and, and aware of their world to go, mm -hmm. oh, or that's different. Or why does, why does my brother ignore me? Why does he never want to play with me? Mm -hmm. That was the most recent conversation with my um, eight-year-old and so then we got to sit down and have a talk. And then I did. I found there's some really good picture books. Mm -hmm. And so I got a couple of those from the library. And she's like, oh. Like it clicked. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, so that's why he only wants to talk about Star Wars? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, that's why he only wants to play by himself sometimes? Yeah, that's why. Oh, okay. And she was totally fine. Mm -hmm. She was, I mean, we're going to come up over it again and again and again. Sure. And then from the sibling who's right below Jackson, and they're only a couple of years apart, um, he's struggling with it right now because he's like, why does Jackson get so much stuff? Why does Jackson get all the attention? Why can he have a play date, which it's not a play date, it's therapy. Mm -hmm. But to my other kid, it, it's an, it's an adult who is dedicated to my son who has special needs. Yes. And so it's like, okay, well let's talk. So you have to, I'm like, look, yeah, he gets an adult right now and he gets to play games and he gets to watch TV and he gets to do iPad stuff, which are the rewards mm -hmm. for his doing the therapy mm -hmm. in, you know, in the session that the therapist is granting. Yes. And, um, I'm like, okay, let's talk. You are going to have probably no problem making friends. You're probably going to grow up and get married and have a relationship. Mm -hmm. You're going to have close friends. You're going to be able to travel. You're going to do this. You're going to be able to live on your own mm -hmm. and all these things that he is going to do because He's neurotypical. I'm like, oh, and by the way, you're always going to be able to run faster than your brother because he has motor coordination issues. Mm. I'm like, so I'm really sorry, but right now this is the balance, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, it's talking, it's being very, at least in our family, it's been really helpful to be really open, very open and open with my spouse too, who mm -hmm. works and has a very demanding job and who is not around for the little things. Mm -hmm. And so as the stay at home mom, mm -hmm. that's kind of working on the ground, mm -hmm. um, it is, it's like, it's like a military operation mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And you got to have all these things going, all this stuff. And you got to be like the liaison. It's like, Hey hun, by the way, when, you know, you're, when Jackson does this, he's actually doing this and he's, it's hard because he's not always around to process that mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it's working with your, your partner and then working with your kids and talking mm -hmm. about all these things. So yeah, that's actually, that's why I stay up late <laughs> that extra hour. <laughs> There's where, the, that's why I have that extra hour. That is so true. It's so true. You want everyone on the same page so that your home can function at its highest level. And that does include the spouse or, you know, your significant other. And mm -hmm. it includes all your children. I did. I did. It's funny. We went on a trip many years ago with another family and I thought, okay, I now see some very distinct differences between us and maybe a family that doesn't have neurotypical children. And that is, we really stop to give the 
black and white of what's going on. You know, we when our kids ask a, us a question, even if it's an uncomfortable question, like, I don't know, something about puberty or whatever it may yeah. be. <laughs> Not that I'm uncomfortable with that, but it can be uncomfortable sometimes. They, they ask them at awkward. Mm-hmm. They ask them at awkward times and awkward yeah. places sometimes. In the grocery store. In yeah. the line at Disneyland. I'm yeah. like, can we not talk about this now? Yeah. And I have learned, and you know, you can always say, we're going to talk about this tonight. But that isn't always the right answer. No. And it doesn't always happen yeah. either. Yeah. And so you, I see that we are extremely open and the questions are coming from truly a need to better understand from our children. And so you explain it in a very, you're breaking things down and trying to explain things. And <laughs> sometimes other families look at you and um, I don't know what they think, but I'm sure there's a little bit of, wow, that was a lot of information for yeah, <laughs> this no, question. But I, I laugh because my son had a question or something, and it was about reproduction. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, he should, he's 12. He should have, mm-hmm. I mean, we've had the talk, mm-hmm. the talk, which is mm-hmm. really a joke. It's a lecture series. <laughs> um, we've had this ongoing lecture series on reproduction, and I'm like, you need to know this. So let's talk about this right now because you're actually interested in it because who knows when he would be interested in it again when his brain is receptive for it. So we sat down and I opened up my planner mm-hmm. and I drew male reproductive system, female reproductive system, and he was lost by the time the end of whatever we were talking about. But then later on, I'm, my other kids were flipping through my planner and <laughs> there's the male, you know, the male reproductive system uh-huh. in all its glory. And I'm like, oh, okay, I... I guess we were talking about that. And they're like, what's this? I'm like, okay, let's... It's nothing. 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 You're five. We'll talk about that later. I'm going to black that out. Um, yeah. So anyway, there's there's actually a lot of beauty in it and so much... There's there's just a... We, we smile a lot. My husband and I smile a lot to each other because there are things going on that I think... I love how unique that is so much. I love the uniqueness of this and I love, I love the way my child's brain is processing this information. This is fascinating. I just find a lot of joy in that right along with the struggle. If they kind of, so for me, it often is a back and forth experience. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I haven't yet gotten to that point that you were saying where you find joy in the way your child processes the way his brain works Mm -hmm. I don't think I've hit that point yet and Mm -hmm. it's not to say that that is a point that you have to hit yeah that's right um because you can I mean there's a lot of different ways there I've seen families that have kids who are bed bound Mm -hmm. their entire lives and they love that child with their whole heart their Mm -hmm. whole soul it's a different kind of interaction Mm -hmm. than someone who's neurotypical and able to to reach that level it's true whatever level it is. So I haven't found joy in the way his brain works. We're getting there because Mm -hmm. of the therapy Mm -hmm. and the way that he's changing and the way his behavior is changing. Now I'm seeing humor that lands. (laughs) (laughs) So he'll say something sometimes and he's, and I'm like, that was hurtful. Were you trying to make a joke? And he's like, yeah, I was. Well, that wasn't very funny. Okay. And then he'll just move on. But now he's he's doing humor that actually does land where it's supposed to. And I'm like, okay, like, all right, this is good. I'm like, that was actually really funny. Um, so there's there's these kind of things where 
sometimes it's like an, oh, I can't believe my child's brain works like this. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's, okay, like that was, that was funny. But the other flip side of that is by surrounding yourself with this village city of supportive people, mm-hmm. the therapist and, and the special needs counselor at the school and whoever else and throughout the the years, mm-hmm. um, they are able to find joy in his quirks mm-hmm. and the way his brain works because mm-hmm. they're, they're not necessarily living it. It's not yes. their child. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, he did the funniest thing today. And I am like, I can see when they're saying these things at home, mm-hmm. it, I may, I wouldn't react that way mm-hmm. either because I'm living with it mm-hmm. or that's just my personality to that type of humor. Mm-hmm. But then it, their comments allow me to go, oh, I guess I can laugh at that and not take it as another rock I've got to clear out of the path mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so it's really helpful to have other people that love your kid and it's their job to mm-hmm. love your kid and they mm-hmm. love their job and they're like, oh yeah, he was hilarious today. I'm like, okay. <laughs> awesome. And I'm then, too tired. <laughs> I know. So then I'm like, okay, cool. So then we go home and I'm sure if you were to have the same interview in a couple of years, we'd have evolved to something else where I'm like, yeah, Mike, it is so funny. I mm-hmm. love the way his brain works, his humor is there mm-hmm. and just all these things where yeah. it wasn't that way right now, at least in my brain. I'm in the trenches and I'm like, we're just going to go through and I got to plug all these gears in and I'm going to do this and then, Mm -hmm. and then we'll see where the machine takes us kind of thing. That's interesting. And I think we all spend time in that space too, where we're just, we're just trying to make it work um, for everyone. And, and it does, like you said, you feel like you're in the trenches. Yeah. I think that, I think that is a common feeling. And then it ebbs and flows. It does. too. It does. It's not always in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm getting peaks above where I'm like, is it safe to come out now? I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, that wasn't bad. And then I, I duck down into the trenches again. Mm-hmm. So hopefully those those moments of... And I think part of that, too, is plugging in the machine, the, the, the support system, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's a good point. So I just want to ask you one more quick question, and that is, um, is there any advice that you would give to other parents raising autistic children? Uh, yeah, go get help. Oh, okay. Go get help. Yeah. Um, don't feel like you have to do it on your own because you can't. And again, it depends on where your kid is. If your Mm -hmm. kid's nonverbal, you hopefully have already gotten that, Mm -hmm. that help. Mm -hmm. Um, but if there's anyone listening, who's wondering about the diagnosis, I don't want my kid to be labeled. In my experience, no one has ever labeled my son. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's that autistic kid or that's that kid that's weird. Mm -hmm. Um, for sure you're going to get that from mm-hmm. other kids or other adults who are not in the know, not understand. That's a better word than the one I was thinking. <laughs> um, but yeah, go, go get help. Go get help for, for your kid and for your family. Go get the therapy. Go get all mm-hmm. of it because there's so much. I told you it's a secret club. <laughs> Welcome to the club. And then um, just, just go get it. And then at that point, hopefully by the time you've plugged in all the stuff, and I'm not saying you should sacrifice yourself along the way. Mm-hmm. But at some point you're going to be by getting help for your kid, you're going to get help for yourself too mm. and your family. And it's going to lighten that load because it's a heavy one. It's a good point. It's a heavy one. So yeah, go get help because it's better. It's so much better for mm. everyone involved. 
That's a really good point. Well, thank you so much for sharing your life experiences here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so to those of you that are listening, um, you can also follow me on Instagram and I post some uh, tools and resources and sometimes just thoughts to lift your spirits. And it's navigating.the.spectrum. Um, you can find me there. So go ahead and follow along. And when you follow me, whenever I post a podcast, you can find the link in my bio on Instagram. So thanks again.